we spent a lot of time over the past six months talking about the long delays many of us face when trying to get services from the federal government. We just talked about why Canada has a shortage of kids' medication and that part of the issue could be the bureaucracy or Health Canada at least perhaps not recognizing the urgency of the situation. Also, our inability to be self-sustainable when it comes to things like medication. But overall, in the past uh, while say the least, over the past year or so, we've had some real struggles with the federal bureaucracy, whether it's passports or immigration. We've been reading about it a lot, long delays. You remember those lineups at passport offices across the summer? Uh, it's improved a bit, but we spoke to the union. They were struggling to try to make things happen. It's been a real tough time within the federal bureaucracy. Now, of course, the federal bureaucracy is massive, right? Um, but what's happened you know, what happened with airports over the summer, also a federal, federally regulated environment? Um, what's gone on within bureaucracy of late, where it feels like the machine has struggled to keep up? Now, this isn't new. We've always talked about this over the years, that uh, the way bureaucracies work are is by their very nature a bit slow and plodding. But it feels like it's been worse. And the reality is a lot of us don't actually spend a lot of time having to deal with the federal government. Most of what we do or most of the services we get from government are provided by other levels of government, such as your municipal government or your provincial government, if it's healthcare or education, municipal, if it's picking up the garbage or fixing your roads. We don't deal with the federal government a whole lot. Maybe tax time is an obvious one. Um, getting a passport is another one. Uh, immigration, clearly. Um, there are... but. So when things go wrong, specifically something like passport offices having these giant giant lineups, um, when things do go wrong, uh, it becomes a real issue. And it becomes talked about it a lot because we actually don't have that much contact with the federal government. So what is going on exactly, do we think? What's our best guess? What can be done to fix it? Joining me now is Senator Peter Harder. He's a member of the Progressive Senate Group representing Ontario. He was also a longtime federal deputy minister, meaning he's been inside almost every department uh, and run most of them, departments that you would want to know something about, and he joins me now. Thanks for your time tonight. Happy to be here. Thank you. I think a lot of Canadians have looked on. I mean, we don't, as individuals, we don't have a lot of contact with the federal government. I think sometimes we forget that. You know, there's tax season. Uh, there's renewing stuff like passports. There's going to the, you know, when we fall under federal jurisdiction, like going to the airport. Uh, but you put it really interestingly when it comes to the bureaucracy. You called it poetry and plumbing. And I think that's a great way of looking at it. It's a very descriptive way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I think that the federal government doesn't do a lot of plumbing for many Canadians because of the nature of our confederation. But I do think they will judge harshly a government that doesn't get the plumbing right. And that affects the poetry, right? If you cannot deliver the plumbing, people aren't likely to believe in your poetry. So where have you seen leaks uh, of late? My comments aren't with respect to just this government. I think mm -hmm. governments in Canada have tended to, to do uh, some things well and other things less well. And one of the less well things is invest in technology to deliver better services. You've got to get the right governance around a service. You've got to get the right technology in place. And it has to be proven technology. Too often, governments have taken out the resources that technology was meant to reduce before the technology was proven. That was the case in the much maligned federal pay system, yeah, the where space system, right? the Harper government, where the resources, the savings were brought out before the before the new technology was proven, and it didn't work. 
So you've got to get the technology right and the funding levels. And uh, you know, anytime you have a program that has significant backlogs that do not allow you to achieve the stated service goals, you're going to have a public that's sort of saying, what's going on here? I shouldn't have to wait five years for a citizenship claim. I, I shouldn't have to wait uh, you know, four and a half years uh, for um, family unification in terms of the immigration program. It's the gap between express service standards and performance that will undermine the credibility of a government. You spent a lot of time, uh, I mean, clearly, you know, the poetry side is often the political side, the plumbing side is often, often the bureaucratic side. You spent a lot of time bridging those two worlds. What do you think is going on? Uh, I mean, clearly coming out of the coming out of, of the of the early days of the pandemic, what would happen next was hard to predict. I mean, all of a sudden people are working remotely. We have these sort of waxing and we these sort of surges in demand for things, then demand disappears altogether. It would have been a very difficult time to be running the bureaucracy. Absolutely, Van, and I think you're making a very good point. In the defense of the of the people running the passport offices, uh, Canadians who knew their passport had expired or was about to expire in the period of the COVID didn't send it in, which they probably should have, right, in the anticipation that we would get back to quote-unquote normal and you would want to travel. So you had a larger number than normal and not presenting themselves at the kiosk because of, of the COVID, but rather sending them in, which has a much longer processing time. So it was the perfect storm. They probably should have had a quicker response earlier. Uh, but that's very hard getting attention for, for plumbing when poetry is the dominant force. Yeah, tell me about that, because I think one of the things you've alluded to, and and, and it's been talked about too, that these days we have sort of a, a bit of a top-heavy situation. Um are we losing touch with what it is on the service side of things? I would like to think not, uh, but I think we have to ensure that we have the right governance around the service delivery. You know, the passport office used to be in the Department of Foreign Affairs. When I was the deputy, it was it was there. It's now the minister responsible as the minister of families. I, I don't see a necessary uh, uh, logic to that, but, you know, there might be in some people's mind. But I, I think the more important thing is to uh, ensure that the issues around service delivery are given greater attention and the resources and focus that is necessary to continue to provide Canadians with the service levels that you've promised them. There need to be better early warning systems and people pay attention to that. Uh, the great success of the COVID response, frankly, was the CERB. Uh, and the CERB was based on the ability of, of Revenue Canada to administer our tax system and use that as the spine for service delivery, which was ingenious. But people don't pay attention when when the air is clean. They pay attention when, when it doesn't work. You know, you, you don't know how valuable your, your service capacity is until uh, you have problems. And I could contrast the CERB delivery, which I think was a magnificent performance, against other services which have lagged. Uh, and you could ask sort of, well, why is that? And I think you have to look at governance, technology, staffing, and how you deal with backlogs. Yeah, I guess it would come to no one's surprise that Revenue Canada is pretty well pretty well run, or that they have their systems are up to date. And, yeah. and governments have, quite thankfully, invested huge amounts of money in, in ensuring the, the uh, integrity of, of that system. But we have other systems in government that are not as modern and as, as stable as they ought to be for service delivery. 
So certainly when you're looking at the federal bureaucracy, you're looking at systems that would be considered antiquated if you were in the private sector, for instance. Uh, absolutely. There are systems that are presently under the microscope for improvements like the EI system, which have historically been uh, very precarious in terms of their capacity to deliver because of the, uh, of the lack of, of investment in those systems. And yet you point out, so you make a very interesting point, which is the poetry is fine and dandy for any government, whether they be local, provincial or, or federal. But when the bureaucracy starts to fall, and we're seeing it with the hospitals, you know, we're seeing it with healthcare right now, when the bureaucracy gets into trouble, people get upset, people get mad. I mean, and it's one of those things where you look at the federal government, they've taken a big hit over ArriveCan, the passport issue, immigration backlogs. It's been... Is that is there a recognition of that within the system that that when things go wrong, as you mentioned, when the air gets dirty, that people get that people get upset, and it and it can re- lead to a real, um, you know, a real wave of bad publicity. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I, I do think that uh, a sign of of the seriousness with which the government took this accumulation of performance issues was creating a cabinet committee to focus on this. Right uh, now, it, if I was cynical, I could say, well, yes, of course, you create a committee when you don't have a solution. But many of the of the solutions that are required in the government of Canada require more than one department to focus and align its efforts. And, and that's one of the tricks of improving service delivery in the government of Canada. You know, when I started at immigration as the deputy minister, we had 100% of the political accountability and less than 40% of the resources dedicated to immigration at that time. And we went about deliberately taking responsibility and bringing in-house all of the alignment of of uh, systems and accountabilities, so that we could make commitments that could be delivered with respect to service delivery standards. Senator Peter Harder is with us this half hour. He is a member of the Progressive Senate Group representing Ontario. He's a long time, was a long time federal deputy minister. He knows the insides of just about every department uh, you can imagine in Ottawa. Um, tell me a bit about the immigration uh, situation, Senator Harder, because I know that's one where. And I spent time covering Ottawa, obviously, where sometimes you feel like the poets, and we'll go back to the poetry and the plumbing, the poetry, the poets are standing up um, and giving, you know, reading their poetry, and the plumbers are thinking, oh, we don't know how to do this. We don't know how to catch up. Well, I think, uh, you, you know, you've, you've, you're, you're putting your finger on a sensitive subject, and that is, uh, do we have the adequate high-level attention to service delivery that is required for high-level performance? And I, I think it's fair to say that uh, we probably need to rebalance that. And it, it's not just staffing levels, it's the level of attention service delivery receives and uh, the ability for us to give managers the tools necessary to meet the service standards. I've said in other audiences that if the federal public service was a hockey team, it would be a team of goalies. Right. Uh, because we're, we're oft criticized and resist being scored on, but we seldom are out there with the aggressive nature of and risk-taking that you have to have to score. And I think we need to introduce more creativity, greater rewards to public servants who are more innovative on service delivery uh, and obviously appropriately accountable for their commitments. But if we have more transparent goals and are held accountable to achieve those service delivery goals, I think you'll have a better system. 
Where do you, why is that? Is it is it because it's politics and again, poetry and plumbing? Is it because the plumbing just isn't that attractive? And because one would think the kinds of backlogs that we're seeing within immigration would have a detrimental effect. We, we, know, we know that people stuck in long lines to get into even a country as attractive as Canada will sometimes start to look elsewhere if they feel like the bureaucracy is too slow. Yeah, that's the conundrum, right? I believe that we need to reward and promote the service delivery capacity of the public service, uh, not at the expense of the poets, but uh, surely if you are in the poetry business, but you're being judged on the basis of your service delivery, uh, you want to pay attention to your service delivery or nobody will pay attention to your poetry. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, how 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 then do you change that? I mean, you've been you've been in this um, business a very long time. It feels like we're actually shifting a bit the other way. Um, how how do you reestablish both? I mean, because you need to maintain the confidence, right, of people that yeah. their serv- their serv- their, del- their services will be delivered in a timely, efficient manner. And I think, for the most part, even as much as people complain about the federal bureaucracy, for the most part, they are. You yeah, know, they are. They and are. I, I do think that the government has more recently made some very significant investments in technology that are related to service delivery. And that's absolutely necessary. It's not a high profile political winner, uh, but we know that not having it is a political loser. So investment in technology, increasing the staffing, and you've seen where immigration uh, department has gone out and hired to increase the capacity of service delivery. Now we have to make sure that they're trained and held accountable in our system of accountability to ensure that the service standards that the government has committed itself to are, in fact, the ones that are being delivered. And for my part, I would, if I were a minister, be very focused on ensuring that backlogs are dealt with. You know, if you have backlogs, chronic backlogs, there is no credibility to the to the service standards that you've you've established. What did you make, because it was such a high-profile one, what did you make of the Arrive Can situation? Because it felt like we were wandering, you were speaking about Phoenix earlier, it's different, but it felt like we were wandering into yet another area where the federal government really struggles with technology. Well, I, I used Arrive Can, and quite frankly, as a user, I found it very uh, accessible, very friendly. Yeah. And, and we, paid a, we paid a lot for it, though. <laughs> we paid a lot yeah, for it. Yeah, no, well, that's the nature of government uh, procurement, uh, I'm afraid. You know, I'll let others adjudicate that particular one, but I, I don't think it deserved the criticism it had for uh, the efficacy of the, of the technology. I think it's great to have technology in service of, of better service delivery. What, what about just federal government? Because you mentioned Phoenix earlier. How, how is it? Is it just the procurement process that makes technology acquisition so difficult in the federal in, in federal bureaucracy? No, I, I think it's a combination. First of all, the, the procurement. Uh, system is by necessity, we are a public institution, uh, more transparent in its in in both the tendering process and in in uh, making sure that it's a level playing field for all to participate. You can't choose your clients. Every Canadian is a client, mm-hmm. so you can't you can't use technology to sort out who you want to serve the way a private sector company can. So that's one. The other is that we're impatient with reaping the savings before we've tested the performance. And that was the case with Phoenix, where the government of the day decided to take out the active face-to-face people experts in, in the pay system, hoping to goodness that the technology would prove itself to be spot on right from the start. And that didn't happen. 
Uh, and by the time they realized it, they had let go all of this experience and couldn't retrieve it. So you, you were behind the eight ball uh, and there was a change in government and all of that. So it was a, 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 a very uh, harsh baptism of fire for the, for the then new government. The politicians aren't as focused on service delivery as they would be in a private sector organization because service delivery is how you survive in a service-driven private institution. Well, Senator Peter Harder, thank you so much. Thank you.